When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He's been advisor to Presidents Clinton and Trump. And now, he's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm Next to me, that's Doug DePiro, my friend. <laughs> yeah, I don't associate. really like that. I'm going to get on yeah, the right side. He's not a clown. Well, that gives the option of being a joker. I, yeah. I, I can do the Joker You're thing. Neither the Joker nor yeah, the and then the clown. But Yo, Biden, clown. But Biden is both, and he's kidding. likely to announce his candidacy next week. Although now they're saying maybe not. Maybe he could do it in September. No, really? Yep. And there was an article today in Politico saying he he's taped a statement, an announcement statement. <laughs> he's holding it up because he might not want to declare until uh, until the fall. He taped it to the chalkboard is what he did. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. So um, I have a song for him by, I think, Jordan Mitchell, I think is the singer. Uh, too Old to Go Out. That was funny. Yeah. And we chopped that up on you, purpose. You think, right, you are too old to go out. <laughs> But the rest of the song's cool. They say they don't ask for my ID anymore. <laughs> they let me write in. They serve me any booze that I want. Uh, but uh, with uh, Joe Biden, I think he is too old to go out. Oh, my goodness. Most Americans agree with that. There's a poll out today that shows that 70% do not want him to run again. 70? 70, 70 yeah. Of all? Of everyone? All voters, yeah. All voters. And the problem he faces in the primary is very simple. Donald Trump gets 57% of the vote in, the, in a mock Republican primary against all 14 likely opponents. Joe Biden gets 23% of the vote against roughly the same number of potential opponents. So 77% of the Democrats who vote in primaries do not want to support Biden. They would wow. rather somebody else. And it's a lengthy cast of characters. It's they're for Buttigieg, they're for Michelle Obama, they're for AOC, they're for Hillary Clinton, uh, every, Bernie, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, everybody you can think of, anybody but Biden. And uh, that is, that's unheard of and it's unprecedented to be this, this unpopular in your own party primary. And uh, it really means that he is subject to a tremendous amount of vulnerability. And the problem is that nobody can deny his age. I mean, he's 80 years old now. He'll be 82 if he's elected. Oh, my God. He'll be if he 80, makes 82. He'll be 86 if he runs for re-election. We can't run a third term. But he'll be 86 at the end of his second term. Now, come on. Would you sell term life insurance to a guy like that? Would you bet that he'll live for six more years? 
Just the fact that the way he is right now, yeah. he's, he can't make it through the day. Exactly. And, and it is so evident that he's just not capable of mm. continuing as president. So and, let me ask you a question. You, you just found this out today that he's holding off on his announcement? Well, it's not clear yet, but they're speculating that. So what do you think? That because they, Kennedy's in and he's yeah, thinking? I think, that, I think that he may never announce. I think he may <laughs> not run. I think that he's, uh, I think he's afraid of it. I think it's something that he regards with trepidation, and uh, and he should. He does, or everyone else does around him. No, I think the people around him want him to run because that's their meal ticket. Right. And, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. By definition, they wouldn't get the same shake from other candidates sure. who they didn't hire or didn't hire them. Ah. So, so they're not going to chance on whether uh, Elizabeth Warren would hire them or not. Ah. But they know that Joe Biden would because he has, and they're on the payroll. So they're going to be his loudest and strongest supporters. See, Dick Morris, this is good information. This is why we listen to you, uh-huh. just for that alone. Because okay. you will have to wonder why this guy does or doesn't yeah. announce and whatever. Just what you said. Well, Beautiful. I think that I think that the average Democratic primary voter lauds what they call his successes: uh, the enormous climate change agenda package, the enormous infrastructure package, the um, vast increases in federal spending. And when you look at the consequences of that, which are runaway inflation and a depressed economy and very possibly a crash at the ending of the dollar as an international currency, they say, well, they're largely immune from that because they have cost of living adjustments built into their pay packages or they're on Social Security or mm-hmm. veterans and it's built into the legislation. They don't feel the inflation and the uh, government jobs. They don't feel the economy going down. They don't feel unemployment. Uh, they have shock absorbers. Mm. They have painkillers that mm. stop them from living in the real world. Right. And so that's what I think you see with, with uh, Democrats and Biden in particular. But now there's a new threat coming up against Joe Biden, and it's a very important one and a very serious one. And the media is doing everything it can to understate it. And his name is a fairly familiar name, mm-hmm. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. In Camelot. 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 I know it sounds a bit bizarre. But in Camelot. Camelot. That's how conditions are. Very cute, very cute. Yep, well, that's Camelot. And uh, the memory of the Kennedys and their legacy would not normally be enough to overcome the controversial childhood and early adulthood of Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Uh, As he said when he announced he has skeletons in his closet, (laughs) some of them quite literally. Uh, (laughs) You ought to bury them because they'll start smelling. But um, oh my God. but he. What's with his voice, by the way? Was he a big smoker, or I, I, it's it's probably smoking and drugs and everything else that really screwed up his voice. As long as it wasn't some health thing, that I, no, I no, wanna, it wasn't. I don't want to disrespect like that. Uh-huh. Uh, it was entirely self-inflicted. Good. I mean, not good, uh, but and but you got to look at Kennedy as a very serious candidate against Biden because he is so weak. I mean. A, a, you can blow and knock him over. You don't need oh a hurricane. Oh, God, I know. And, and you got to look at Kennedy 
as someone that really could do it. And you have to go back, and I've said this again and again, but I'm the only one saying it, so let me repeat it over and over. Mm -hmm. Go back to 1967 and 68. We had a president named Lyndon Johnson who was as unpopular as Joe Biden is now. He was unpopular because of the Vietnam War. Biden's unpopular because of his economy. The Democratic leadership, the alternative Democratic candidates led by Bobby Kennedy, Robert Kennedy Jr.'s father, criticized Johnson, attacked the war, disagreed with him, voted to cut off funding, and then said, I'm not going to run against him because it would split the party. And it might elect a real nemesis, the guy we feared the most in the world, Richard Nixon, from being elected president. Fast forward to now. Uh, all of the various Democrats that are contemplating running, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, Hillary Clinton, AOC, all of them are, are critical of Biden's economy. They're critical of his uh, his age and his inability. And they, But they don't want to run. They won't run because they say, if I run, we could elect our big nemesis, the threat that looms over us. No longer Richard Nixon. <clears throat> now it's Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. So they're not willing to run. <clears throat> they're not willing to get into it. <clears throat> in 1967, a guy who was totally unknown from Minnesota, Eugene McCarthy, the senator from there, yes. stepped, stepped into the race. And everybody said, you can't win. Nobody knows who you are. No way you can be effective. But he had the issue of the war and the issue of Johnson's unpopularity. And Bobby Kennedy Jr. has the issue of Biden's age mm -hmm. and his obvious inability to be president. And then impelled by the issue of the Vietnam War, and in Bobby Kennedy's case, impelled by the issue of Biden's age, they found votes. And they began to win votes, particularly from outside of the normal constituencies that backed the president. In Bobby Kennedy's case, he does very well with young people. Because of the residual effect of the Kennedy name, he does very well with blacks and with blue-collar whites. And uh, he doesn't do much, much with the college-educated university crowd, but he does well with the other constituencies in the Democratic Party. And Biden is so weak that wind can knock him over. So I think that Bobby Kennedy represents a very serious threat to uh, Joe Biden. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. And Robert Kennedy has a real record of achievement. Um, I knew him uh, relatively well when he was head of a group called River Keepers that was kind of an offshoot of Greenpeace, the extreme environmentalists. But his focus was on the rivers in the United States and water pollution in those rivers. And he zeroed in like a laser beam on the Hudson River. Oh, my home. flows right by our houses. And uh, he said there, there was no reason why this beautiful scenic river, the centerpiece of New York, should be so polluted that you can't swim in it, you can't fish in it, and increasingly it stinks. Oh, it was horrible when I was growing up. 
And what he did was that he went to each of – a lot of people said, let's clean it up by building a pollution treatment plant. And he did. And it was a $2 billion plant that sits there now at 140th Street. But what he did was even more innovative. He went to each of the towns along the Hudson River, each of the cities and towns. Tarrytown, Irvington. Skippy, Poughkeepsie. Um, Peekskill. Peekskill. Uh, Austining. Uh, Hastings on Hudson. Mm-hmm. And he said, you have to install new sewers so that rain, so that storm, when it rains, you don't have your sanitary and your runoff. storm sewers from the same runoff. So everything was nicely pure until it rained, and then everything flowed through the storm sewer, and everything ended up in the Hudson River. Ah. And he said, you have to stop that. You have to build separate sewers for the storm water and for the uh, and for the sewage good and uh that's it was expensive but he forced the towns to do it he got court orders to do it and uh as a result all of those towns built duplicate sewer systems and they succeeded in stopping pollution into the hudson river and uh now i wouldn't do it but you can swim in it i'll I'll Uh, swim in it i water skied there a couple times i love I, my balance is too bad to water ski. I'd fall in. God don't tell <laughs> And you can't drive the in. boat, yeah. so forget about it. <laughs> and uh, I like striped bass a lot and comes right out of the Hudson. Now you can get it really fresh. And that's all because of Robert Kennedy Jr. Uh, and it's a very, very good record in dealing with the problems of rivers in the U.S. Water skiing, water skiing on the river. And then Kennedy developed a second issue, which was vaccinations. And back when Michelle Bachman raised that issue, and Marianne Williamson did, in the Democratic, in the uh, Republican primaries of 2016 for Bachman and for the Democratic primary of 2020 for Marianne Williamson, that the vaccinations were harmful and the accusation that it causes autism. And that was seen as an accusation by a kook, by crazy uh, in crazy people who are hypochondriacs and all of that. Nobody should listen to it. But now Biden's outrageous vaccination policies have made this very, very topical. Biden, you said? Biden. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. Have made it very topical because he's the one that goes around saying you have to have the shot. Yeah. And your children have to have the shot. And I know kids don't get uh, COVID, but their teachers and their parents might. So let's vaccinate even every newborn baby. And the risks are enormous when you look at it. Absolutely. Uh, For example, the risk of serious adverse consequences is such that one out of every 1,000 injections causes that, which is pretty large. One in what? One out of 1,000. Uh-huh. There are something like 65,000 instances of serious adverse consequence results from the vaccine. Take some common examples, muscle, muscle pain as a result of the vaccine. The Pfizer and the Microsoft, uh, the Pfizer and the um, um, Moderna vaccines. Johnson, Pfizer, and Moderna. 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 Pfizer. 
have a uh, have a record of about sixty percent uh, of the shots cause muscle fatigue, uh, muscle pain. Uh, by contrast, flu shots it's fifteen percent, and the same is true with fatigue. Uh, very high ratios with the vaccines for COVID, much much higher than for flu or shingles. But that's or temporary, anything correct? Else. Is that temporary, like well, a day or a yeah, week? For some it is, for some it's not. There are people that are, that have died from right, right. the side effects, mm-hmm. and there there are people who are so that it could be very serious, and particularly when you're inflicting it on babies, where that's there's no right. reason to do that. It's not like you're immunizing them against polio and. So they can don't get crippled later right. in life. Uh-huh. It's totally gratuitous, uh, and when Kennedy raises that as an issue, I think he's tapping into an enormous base of people that feel that way, but are intimidated by the media from talking about it. There is such censorship going on. Try to Google, do an experiment, go online and try to Google adverse reactions from the COVID vaccine, and the first thing you see is. COVID vaccine is safe. The adverse reactions are minimal. And you pile that on and on and on. And about six pages later, they're accusing people. They're saying it's adverse and it's serious of lying. But the stats don't lie. There's a thing called Veris, which is uh, a, a website maintained by the government, mandated by law, that keeps track of adverse incidents. And you look at the charts and it dwarfs every other vaccine. So the vaccination issue is one that Bobby Kennedy can use and he can take into the issue of civil liberties, big government controlling people, and he really gets some, can get some traction off of that. And I think that where I think that the that is going to be a very significant issue that he could use. And it's one that appeals to mothers, to young people, to environmentalists, to greenies, uh, to p- pure food and drug advocates and uh, really outside of the mainstream. And I think it's terrific. And then you have Biden taking a fortune, almost $2 million, from Pfizer as campaign contributions. Oh, my God. And then you have Pfizer knowing that they had the vaccine, having it ready, and delaying the announcement. The election was on November 3rd, 2020. They announced they had the vaccine on November 9th, 2020. What, in six days they turned it around? They obviously sat on the announcement right. so as to not help Trump, who had developed the vaccine. And uh, so it became an issue that Trump could never use, an accomplishment he could never cite. So with that record of coordination and cooperation and corruption, really, between Pfizer and Biden, Kennedy could really go to town over that issue. And let's remember what happened back in 1968. Gene McCar- McCarthy ran... And he lost New Hampshire, getting 42% of the vote, which was very high. He had polled in the teens. And winning Wisconsin, which was amazing. And the result was that Johnson pulled out of the race, and Bobby Kennedy Sr., the father, got into the race and almost won the nomination until he was assassinated. But the idea here is that you have a lot. You have Hillary Clinton. You have Elizabeth Warren. You have Bernie Sanders, Pete Buttigieg, Kamala Harris, for that matter, waiting in the wings. And Bobby Kennedy, if he begins to succeed and get traction against Joe Biden, could be the force that impels them to get into the race, just like uh, Eugene McCarthy forced Robert Kennedy Sr. to get into the race. Mm-hmm. 
So we have to take this this very, very seriously. Let's go to Alan Yonkers. Hey, Al. Uh, good afternoon, uh, Dick and Doug. Uh, you know, I just wanted to say, uh, you know, I agree with what you the, your point is that the Kennedys always had a good connection, uh, a chemistry with the uh, the black community, the African American community, mm-hmm. uh, and we've seen that through the years with uh, uh, the patriarch. Uh, Senator Kennedy. Yep. Uh, in 1980, uh, Senator Kennedy uh, gave a serious challenge to Jimmy Carter. Almost beat him. Uh, yeah. He, yeah, he humiliated him at the Madison, Madison and Square. And a lot of people, uh, a lot of people, accurately blame um, uh, Kennedy, Ted Kennedy, for the loss of Jimmy Carter to Ronald Reagan uh, because he really knocked him up in the primary in the primaries. Thank you, Al. That, that's a good perspective. I go to Tony in Clifton, New Jersey. Hi, Tony. Hi, Tony. Good morning, gentlemen. So, you know, I was listening to RFK a few times and what he said, and I read an article about him. He's blaming – one thing that strikes me is he's going to blame uh, President Trump for the loss of the middle class because of the lockdown, which is kind of like, okay, let's do the blame blame game. Um, but no plan is set about what he's going to do. Yeah. Well, so I'm well, just looking at Trump, what he's Trump, saying. And- Trump resisted lockdowns as long as he could. Right. When there were, when there were uh, 10,000 people dying a day, he locked down. But then as soon as it began to fade, he advocated lifting lockdown. And he never advocated closing schools. He advocated opening them from the beginning. So that's, that's a bum rap on him. Uh, but I do think that the whole lockdown issue will work in Kennedy's favor because Biden was so cl- clearly identified with the lockdowns. Right. The other thing he said he's going to do is he wants to fix the Democratic Party from what it's become, yeah. which is that may not work for him either because I don't know how much well, they're going to tolerate him. Yeah, right. but it's interesting that he's approaching it from the right. And I think a lot of people feel the Democratic Party has become the captive of transsexuals and of uh, of weird social theories and of those who want reparations for slavery. Um, you're talking about a kind of weird Democratic Party. And the Kennedy Party was not weird. Listen, I'll tell you something. If you could still be a Kennedy Democrat, I'd be that. <laughs> okay? The Kennedy <laughs> Democrats were uh, anti-war. Uh, they were... Um, Strongly in favor of civil rights, and uh, and they were not in any cra- sense crazy. They were anti-communist. They were anti-socialist. They had a lot going for them. Thank you, Tony. Let's. That was great, Tony. Yeah. So so I think that that really Kennedy has a serious problem. Uh, Kennedy poses a serious threat to Biden. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you. Dick, I just want to ask you this question. Biden gets into this thing, and Kennedy gets into this thing. And a couple other people, they're going to chew him up, no? I mean, this guy, how's he going to react in a debate? Well, um, Trump chewed him up, but the media was so biased in favor of Biden that you wouldn't know it. But um, with the Democrats. It became ah, a debate between right. Chris Wallace and Donald Trump. That was Trump. horrible. 
and uh, Joe Biden could sort of sit out of it. So that raises the question that I was about to talk about anyway, and you probably knew that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> which was, um, should Trump go into the debates? And if he does, I believe that what Trump should do is to say, I'll happily debate uh, DeSantis. I'll happily debate Haley. I'll be happy to debate any candidate against me in the primary. I'll be happy to debate Biden. But I'm damned if I'm going to debate Megyn Kelly and Chris Wallace. Yeah, right. You know, they're not running for office. And I don't want to get into a debate against the people that are asking me questions. We, the journalists have no place in these debates. They take them over. They monopolize them. They force the subject matter to the left. You'll get endless questions on climate change, racism in America, gun violence, abortion, and nobody will ever mention inflation, unemployment, crime, and God, they'll never mention illegal immigration. And they'd be excommunicated if they did that. <laughs> so we get these liberal questioners with gotcha questions aimed at the uh, Republican and smooth sailing and positive questions and softballs for any Democrat. And I'm not going into that. Okay, you guys can set whatever rules you want, but without me, you're not going to have a debate. Right. If I don't show up. Meaning Trump. Yeah, if I don't show up, uh, the documentary on um, Walter Cronkite's last days <laughs> will have all the ratings and you'll be stuck down in single digits. Bob Ross painting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, the, the cooking channel will, <laughs> will beat you in ratings. All right, so, no more fun. So I think that that's what Trump ought to do. And now the Republican Party, the rhinos in the Republican Party, are very anxious to do a debate to bring Trump down to size. Mm -hmm. And they're determined to stack the debate with opponents of Trump. And you know that because they've scheduled, the, they want the first two debates to be run by Fox News. So thank you very much. We'll get the likes of Chris Wallace back. Yeah, right. Uh, we'll get uh, people who are anti-Trump, can't stand Trump, asking the questions. And I believe Trump should simply say, have a nice debate on your own. Right. See you later, guys. And you can tune in at the same day, same time on Newsmax and get a Trump rally. Right. And you choose which you want to watch. And the Democratic Party, the Republican Party will be forced to abandon the idea of debates there. Because uh, if Trump doesn't show up, it's not a debate. Let's go to Nick in Queens. Hi, Nick. Thank you. Thank you, Dick, for taking my call. And Hello, Doug. And, uh, hey, Nick. You know, um, Dick, I'm just so worried about the fact that I don't see the sense of urgency, especially with let's take these debates. You know, this Reinetta at uh, in charge of the RNC <laughs> is going to do everything she could. That's cute. I'm that's sure. Reinetta. That's yeah, good. Reinetta. That's really good. <laughs> What's her name? Rona. Rona. Yeah, Ro know, so I Rona. Rona. Reinetta. That's great. That was very you Italian know, of you. Yeah, well, I listened to her this week, and I say to myself, what are we doing to prevent the shenanigans yeah. from going on what went on? Yeah, right. I just don't exactly. see the sense of urgency, exactly. Dick. I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry. So I'm, I'm leading one-man effort here to tell Trump not to debate with the media and, and go in alternate form, do it by himself. And I think everybody understands how biased the media is, and they wouldn't blame him for it. Sitting on a sofa on a Sunday afternoon. 
I see no percentage at all for Trump to go into these debates with the media. And he was receptive to you yeah, the other day on the phone. He, he was. He said, yeah, what do you think? Sure, not bad. All right. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a 50-50 In the meantime, so the RNC, the Republican Committee, is charging ahead. They have one debate at the Reagan Library. They have the first debate scheduled for Milwaukee. Well, go ahead, guys. Go yeah. to it. Schedule all the debates you want. But don't expect Donald Trump to show up. If the media shows up and asks, is it filled with hostile They'd be called the debunks. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Debunks, not debates. That's right. Um, let's go to um, let's go to Judith in Brooklyn. Judith. Who has a take on an interesting issue. Yes, Judith. Hi, guys. Hey. Hi. Hi. Hello. You know, Dick, last, year, last week you had a show about the banking uh, digital money cards, whatever they're called. Yes. And you basically um, created a booming business for the mattress industry. <laughs> <laughs> for the what industry? For the, mattress, for the mattress industry. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> That's where you keep your money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was wondering. I was thinking about what yeah, you but, but, about? but, you know, I should partner with, uh, with um, what's his name, the pillow guy. Right. <laughs> Mike because, Lindell. Mike Lindell, because when you put all your money under the mattress, it's kind of lumpy. And you need Mike Lindell and to go, make it smooth. So going to the sleep. mattress is an Italian saying, too. We're going yeah. to the mattress. So go ahead, Judith. And uh, I'm calling. Let me tell you, the Democrats clearly, as far as I'm concerned, they're the party that embraces perversion and pro-criminality and corruption. And I know. On. And I'm calling. I'm calling. I'm calling today because it really bothers me a lot. I'm very passionate about this. I'm calling about the sports bill. That was put forth this week in the House, and it bothers me a lot because sports should be respected and honored. And I got news for you. Any fair-minded person with even half a brain dick and some common sense, Doug, will agree that transgender that were biologically born males, these people should not be competing with biological women for crying out loud. And listen, this bothers me. Every single Democrat voted in lockstep against this common sense bill. And And Hakeem Jeffries said, this is a non-issue. How could this be a non-issue? It goes back to Title IX uh, when it was passed in the early 70s. Uh, It was not part of the original Civil Rights Bill. It was an amendment in 1973. And back then, there was no such thing as girls' sports. Uh, If a girl wanted to play football or baseball or track and field... It was the only sport was tennis that had women's tennis, right? And um, and even that, Bobby Riggs <laughs> tried to cross over into a, to compete. She was good though. He 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 was the man who took Billie Jean King on. Well, who am I think? Lost. Oh, Billie Jean. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking of. So um, so but I think that it's a crucial issue, and I had an interesting insight on that from John Tobacco, who I've had on the show, and whom I'm getting increasing respect from Newsmax. He, his co-host, I forget her name, is a beautiful woman, is a former uh, Golden Gloves boxer really? champion. And she's a petite little thing, but she had quite a record of knockouts. You could look at her and say, oh, my God, she's a knockout. I've got to be honest with you right now. Yeah. Right when they, I started seeing women boxing... I hated it because yeah. I love women and I don't want to see a woman fighting, well, getting yeah, punched in the face. And it's one thing to get into That's a fight reason. against another woman. It's another thing to get into a 
fight against a man. Yeah, right. And she described the difference. She said their punching power is so much greater, they're so much faster, and it has nothing to do with skill. It simply is genetics. Right. So the potential for injury of female athletes is huge. But the point is that the Democratic Party has been taken over by the trans movement, and they have elbowed aside real women. They're no longer the party of women. They're the party of trans. And when it comes to affirmative action aid, when it comes to uh, sports participation, when it comes to any kind of civil rights issue of bathrooms and privacy and locker rooms and all of that, they side with the trans against the views of women. So when you think about it, the two great social movements of the 1960s, feminism and and racism, anti-racism, have now become captured by the Democrats and turned against their original goal. They're no longer in favor of women. They're in favor of trans. They're no longer against discrimination. They want anti-white discrimination. And it's absolutely sickening to see that. Let's go to uh, Raul, to Raul in New Jersey. Hello, Raul. Hi, Raul. Uh, this is Raul. Uh, they, you know, Sorry, uh, about this man Biden, he's either elected or selected, okay? And uh, as I go halfway through this book, Lucky, uh, that's the opinion I form. Uh, and uh, the, installing him really is, was a huge mistake, and uh, that he will run again for another term. Yeah. would be a, a wide margin of error, in my yeah. opinion. You're China right. has a vested interest on this man, so let's be aware about that, people. Yeah. China. Well, I think your point about China is very good. Uh, there is a point at which corruption ends and treason begins. And when you're taking a bribe from some contractor that wants you to pay him to put sewers in, that's corruption. But when you're taking a bribe from our worst enemy in the world... That's treason. Right. And uh, I think that I'll be writing more about that in the future. But I think you're right. Uh, let's go to uh, Norman in Brooklyn. I want to read that. Yeah. Hi, hi Dick. Uh, I'm a conservative, and I saw RFK Jr. speak uh, about a year and a half ago in Times Square at an anti-vax mandate rally composed mainly of Republicans and conservatives, and he had us in tears. Um I uh, well, I I would prefer a Trump or DeSantis. I, I could live with RFK Jr. as our president. Well, you'll learn more about him soon. <laughs> soon, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean his public record is pretty incredible, and I think the anti-vaxxing position has come around to him, and it's become clear that there is a collusion between the pharma companies and the. A Democratic Party to foist vaccines on us and uh, with the World Health Organization included in it. Uh, one half, one half of Pfizer's profits during the year in 2021 came from the vaccine against COVID. One half. And so don't tell me that they were conscious of safety. They were conscious of getting the thing to the market so that they could make money. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm okay, so, so far this has been a 
very, very tedious show because we've talked about Joe Biden. We've talked about Robert Kennedy. We've talked about the other candidates. Now, let's turn to the main event. Leader of the pack. <laughs> yes, he is. Leader of the pack. Leader of the pack. That was so great we did it three times. Yep. That's Donald Trump, the leader of the pack. Man. And uh, boy, he looks like a winner. I mean, he's he's now ahead of DeSantis by 20 to 30 points. He's ahead of Biden by five to eight points. Uh, and, uh, and he's just doing incredibly well. If five to eight points sounds close to you, bear in mind that he allegedly lost the election of 2020 by four points. Hmm. So that would be a swing of 10 points in his favor. A gigantic swing. And when you and, and one of the big reasons for that is that he has come up with this enormously and creative, amazing series of videos. Uh, there are 20 of them now on the major issues facing the country. And there are about three-minute videos. Um, you can go to uh, DonaldTrump.com and pull them up. You can also go to my website, DickMorris.com, and I air them in my videos. And uh, they are just wonderful. They are very specific about what he'd do. He says, for example, on education, eliminate teacher tenure. Eliminate it. Get rid of it. If you have a bad teacher, get rid of them. If you have right. a good teacher, raise their pay. Mm-hmm. Now, don't wait, tell them, don't wait 10 years to give them a pay raise. A third of all teachers in America quit after six months. And 20% quit after... After three years, I'm sorry, 20% quit after two years and a third quit after six months. Really? What's that about? Well, because they're not well paid. Uh, it's a very difficult job. They're not respected. And, uh, and, and the point is you, bad teachers hang on and good teachers can't get in edgewise. They can't hmm. get raises. All the money's going to keep the rotten apples rotten. Hmm. And, um, so Trump proposing an end to teacher tenure, Trump calling for when a local DA will not prosecute, supersede him with federal authority and send, send in the Department of Justice to bring the indictments against the criminals because the local DA isn't willing to do that. Uh, he's taking very important positions. If you're going to defund the police, he's going to defund you as exactly. much as he can. He's going to defund the police, cut off your law enforcement assistance act grants that are very large to most cities about 20 percent of their police budget cut it off and uh they're never going to do that so use your power to to curb the biden agenda Mm -hmm. and he's just done a wonderful wonderful job of doing that um so i know where he got a lot of these ideas from dick well he he's he's a very brilliant guy himself with Mm -hmm. lots of ideas that he has um, the interesting question coming in from Gary on Staten Island. Let's take it. Hi, Gary. Hey, Gary, you're on. Ivanka Trump ran a clothing line out of China. I don't know if she still does while, while uh, Donald Trump was president. Was that treason? No, because there was no national security He's thing involved. money in China. No, when it doesn't much matter where your underwear comes from. It matters where your artificial intelligence comes from, your strategic minerals, 
Uh, it matters where your uh, where your military capability comes from, and uh, there's nothing wrong with with doing that. Now Trump is implementing a policy if he if he wins again, of cutting off all trade with China, cutting off all goods, and at that point, his daughter, if she hasn't already disinvested, I think would she have did. to. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure she did. Brian in New Jersey. How, how are you doing, Brian? Brian? Um, oh, how you doing? Hey, Brian. Uh, I'm a centrist, maybe a left-leaning centrist, but I wanted to talk about the difference between, you know, maybe left versus right when it comes to ideologically talking about the vaccine issue. Where it seems like the people on the left are a little bit more you know, positive about it. Maybe maybe they overlook a few things, but it seems like the people on the right want the vaccine to be bad, want it to cause death, want it to to, you know, to not be effective like they wish for it. No, I don't that's think just... that's true. I think that what's happening is that the government is selling this vaccine and pushing the vaccine and requiring the vaccine, firing people from their jobs, yeah, pilots right. and others if they don't take the vaccine, uh, closing schools down, forcing children to take it. Military guys. Forcing the military to take it. So I think that there's a legitimate role here to question it. Let's bear in mind how this vaccine came to be developed by Donald Trump, and I give him great credit for that. But he had to rush it because we were having tens of thousands of deaths every day. And normally what you do with a vaccine is first you test its effectiveness. You test whether it cures people, and then you test whether it's safe. And the only way to test whether a vaccine is safe really is terrible. It's to give it to a lot of people and wait and see if anybody drops dead. Yeah, right. And uh, you can't rush that process. You can't give it to them, and two weeks later, and everybody's still healthy, and you say, Eureka, we found a safe vaccine. You need time to see what happens with this stuff because it's new scientific territory. Sure. So there is a legitimate role here for questioning whether the vaccine is safe and for questioning the emphasis on the vaccine. Brian, I'm not saying the vaccine is a bad thing. I'm saying that it was premature and outrageous to require children to have it when there was no evidence of children getting COVID, to require everyone to get it whether they wanted to or not, when we had largely dealt with the issue of communicability of COVID because a new strain had come out that was largely not uh, not contagious. And by charging ahead to require everyone to have the vaccine – I believe the Biden administration was putting Pfizer's profits and their own campaign contributions from Pfizer and the debt they owed Pfizer for not announcing this vaccine until four days or five days after Election Day ahead of the safety of the people. So that's what I think about. And I think, Brian, you have to separate um, people who are complaining about polio vaccines and shingles vaccines and saying that they cause autism, which is definitely a, a fringe concept. Uh, from the far more realistic immediate concept, which is that the damn federal government says out of every thousand shots, one has a serious adverse reaction. That's the government's words, not mine. Mm -hmm. So I think that you have to see that through a a very, very different lens. You know, a a true scientist always questions science. You know, they always say don't question science. That's a good point. A true scientist always questions himself. So let's go to uh, Don. It's not Don Trump, I think, but Don in Long Beach. Hey, John. Hey, Don. Hey, Dick. How are you? Good. 
I got a suggestion. Um, would it be possible for President Trump, assuming he runs, instead of being at war with the moderator, to rent time on the networks and just state his position? Um, maybe had he done that in, in 2020 concerning the laptop? Well, but that's what our rallies are. And that's what his videos that's are That's what our too. rallies and our videos do. Sure. And the problem with the rallies is that oh, nobody but Newsmax and OAN covers them. Uh, Fox News doesn't cover them. But as he becomes the inevitable, the likely, and I think soon to be inevitable Republican candidate, more people are going to have to start covering it. Uh, not because Trump comes to them, but because they come to Trump. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they have to cover him. And I think his hour of uninterrupted airtime on issues, if he ever kept it to an hour, it would be something, usually <laughs> an hour and a half. That's exactly what the guy's doing. And I think that's had a lot to do with his growth in the polling. Let's go to John in Brooklyn. Hey, John. Nick, I was wondering whether or not, well, well, first of all, let me quickly comment about Robert F. Kennedy Jr. I don't think he's credible as a candidate because of his uh, longstanding stance against vaccinations. And um, I'm not talking about COVID. Um, yeah, but I'm but speaking as someone who has worked in public health. And yeah, but his stand against vaccinations, uh, while it may not be accurate, may not be rooted in scientific fact, and may indeed be destructive, has to be seen in light of the current controversy over vaccinations, mm-hmm. which is about COVID. It's saying vaccinations without COVID, you're asking like. How'd you like to play Mrs. Lincoln? <laughs> Apart from oh my the, the shooting, uh, the the point is what we're discussing here is COVID, and that's what they're requiring everybody to have. Like to play Mrs. Lincoln, <laughs> right? Well, thank you, John, for your point of view. Let's you go. You ain't to, right, Morris. Go to Paula in New Jersey. <laughs> hey, Paula. Yes. Uh, good afternoon. I love your show. Um, I would like you to address the issue of. The Biden administration by 2030, I believe it's public knowledge now, he wants 50% of the vehicles that are bought to be electric. Mm -hmm. However, we have, as the American public who loves this country, we have not been advised as to the um, threat to our tunnels throughout the United States and bridges throughout the United States of the load and safety or the possible collapse of these uh, uh, vehicles I, that would be during rush hour. That's You're a, right. That's a thought, Paul. I and don't they know. do burn up. I'm not an expert about that. But what I do want to talk about is where the hell are you going to get the electricity from? Right. Uh, electricity doesn't grow on trees. It's either made by coal, which is very polluting, by oil, which is expensive and polluting, <laughs> by nuclear power, which is risky, and by solar energy or or um, uh, wind energy, which is unreliable. Yeah, but the left doesn't see it. And they just see the car that you plug in and, and drive. Yeah, which is great, but you right. plug it in. Right. Try plugging it into an empty socket. That's right. And you can't avoid the pollution when you switch to electric vehicles. And now it's even worse. Now they're saying it's not enough to have an electric car you have to have an elect- have new electric cars every couple of years because the technology improves. <laughs> and uh, it, and they want to literally ban gas cars before we have 
a really strong, reliable source of electricity. Can't happen. It'll never ha- can't happen. That's that's going to be the enormous, enormous challenge. So, um, so we're coming here and we're talking about leader of the pack, Donald Trump. Yes. And we're talking about the need for him to make America great again. Let's make America great again. So we talked about how Biden's going to announce. But he's, we, or not. <laughs> we played the song Too Old to Go Out. Yeah. And I think that Biden is in against a rock and a hard place. His numbers are dropping. His job approval has never been uh, much over 40, uh, usually under 40. And uh, now he's got competition coming from Kennedy, and he's got to do something. And he's going to announce maybe – but uh, he's in such a weak position. And now he has a challenger in the person of Robert Kennedy, who is very significant, has been very effective in cleaning up the Hudson River and other rivers in our country, and, uh, and poses a very interesting issue about mandatory vaccination. I talked a lot here about making sure that there's no, uh, that there's no second debate or new debate with the media in this contest because Trump ends up debating the media. And basically, I think that we can't let anything get in the way of making America great again. My honor, Dick Morris. My honor to be here with you. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 